The excitement is building for the return of ACL Radio's Blues on the Green this year. Mark your calendar for two nights of music, food, and fun, Tuesday, June 11th and Wednesday, June 12th. We want to thank all of our sponsors, specifically Circuit of the Americas, for helping to keep ACL Radio's Blues on the Green free and open to the public in Zilker Park. Blues on the Green is an Austin tradition, and we look forward to seeing you again this summer. ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. The phone numbers, use them. You'll need them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. You can follow me at Jeff Ward Show. You can post comments on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. All I ask is that you get to the point. Please don't suck. Make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We put out a podcast every afternoon. Check it out. Subscribe to it. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We drop that each afternoon also. That's the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. Even though it looked like Shrek, it seems to be doing pretty well. On Mondays, I like to do this thing, particularly if it's uh, an over-the-top weekend of football, I like to do this thing called overreaction versus reality. It's my way of providing a buzzkill, pouring water on all the reactions and overreactions and people just getting over their skis. So it's an overreaction that it's what I think is the reality. You are free to agree or disagree anywhere along the way. I suspect that you probably will, and I'm fine with that. So let's go. Overreaction. Panic Cowboys face painters. Put your hands in the air and run around in circles and scream like SpongeBob SquarePants. It's over. You knew it all along. Jeff, I knew it all along. They suck. They're paper tigers. Fire mumbling Mike. Dak Prescott's a fraud. The season is over. I never liked them anyway. That. Reality. Settle down. Don't panic yet. I'm probably going to say yet several times. The season is not over. The reality is Dallas was going to be the five seed before they got hammered by the Bills, and they're the five seed now. For now, I would suggest, I'm going to do this. I'm not saying you have to do it. You're free to disagree all you would like. You can do that SpongeBob SquarePants thing. Go ahead. But for now, I would say replace panic with unacceptable. I don't know what that does for you. Probably nothing. But I feel pretty good about replacing panic with unacceptable. Now, unacceptable, the way I'm going to position unacceptable, does have serious consequences for the head coach. But don't panic yet, face painters. If you're a hater, I would say be careful. You get a little over your skis. Watch out. Don't do it yet. Now, that said, one more Heck, maybe two more of those road ass kickings. And yes, 
it's over. I'm not going to say panic because I don't have any feelings about any of this stuff. So I'm just going to say you can panic all you want. You can have feelings. That's cool. I'm going to say one more of those road ass kickings and it's over. It is bizarre and unacceptable. It, it really it, it is. I mean, I, I don't have great answers. And I do agree what the Dallas Cowboys have done is, is unacceptable. Losing to a good team on the road happens. Getting run off the field on both sides of the ball, again, is unacceptable. The Dallas head coach, that's mumbling Mike, he needs to explain this. I don't think he can, and I don't think he'll even try. I think it's impossible. Put it in perspective how weird this is that this team is so awful on the road. Dallas is the first team in NFL history to score at least 30 points in each of his first games at home. They average almost, they average 39.9 points a game at home. They've won 15 straight at home. But the body, here's the part that's bizarre. And again, I'm not going to say it's a panic mode yet, but it's bizarre and unacceptable. Uh, It's just, it's too weird. The body of road work for your Dallas Cowboys is pretty shocking. In four losses this year, Dallas has been outscored 129 to 59 against Arizona, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and now Buffalo. That's not losing. That's getting crushed. That's getting run off the field. In the NFL, it's not like college football. Against Buffalo, Dallas, with the number one offense in the league, has, what, 195 yards or something like that? Less than 200. The league's hottest quarterback. Everyone agreed with that. Dak Prescott had 134 yards passing. I said going into the game in Buffalo for Dallas, the defense would have to own that game. Yeah, well, had you said before the game... I'm still having a hard time comprehending this even after that game. I had set it up, I think, on Friday saying, look, this is a game that the Dallas defense has got to show up. It's a game the Dallas defense pretty much, I think, has to win for that team to win, and they were far from it. But just imagine somebody saying to you on Friday or Saturday or any time and said, Josh Allen would pass for 94 yards. 94, got it? That is a middle school-like seven completions for 94 yards. That's not even middle school-like. That's Pop Warner. The guy had seven completions for 94 yards, and any thinking person would tell you Dallas would have rolled them, right? He has seven completions. You assume it's Dallas beating Buffalo 31-10. Instead, Dallas gets run off the field 31-10 by a quarterback who had 94 yards passing. That doesn't even seem possible in the NFL, or anywhere for that matter, to have 31 points on 94 yards passing. But if you watch that game uh, start to finish, if you watch that game, even 45% of that game, It looked worse than 31-10. Dallas was completely shoved around the field. You don't see it that often in the NFL just because the margin of error of the athletes themselves is just really razor thin. 
But Dallas was shoved all around that field. Micah Parsons, who spent a good chunk of last week, me defending him too, a good chunk of last week complaining about officials, that guy might as well have been in Niagara Falls. I never saw him. Was he there? I missed that part. What's he going to say in his podcast this week? Is he going to blame it on the refs? He was non-existent. He needs to call himself out, by the way, but he was non-existent in that game. Uh, Buffalo running back James Cook at 179 yards. He averaged more than seven yards a carry. Again, this is not middle school. This is not even college football. Seven yards a carry is ridiculous. He had something like 27 touches for almost 240 yards. And Dallas acts like, going into that game, they'd never seen the guy play before. Now, I would also add, and I think this is appropriate, um, the, the sound that you should be hearing... One of the sounds you should be hearing is the phone hanging up with people begging to hire Dan Quinn, who calls the defensive plays for Dallas. Uh, That guy is regarded as a defensive genius. He had another bad night. That's a terrible look. That's not about Dak Prescott. That is about your defense being on ice skates. So... I'll be extra critical, which is not difficult to do. I I don't think it's over for Dallas. Whatever over is, I have one measurement for Dallas. You may have another one. But here's a reality of these two teams. These two teams that are a lot alike. You know, when you step back and think about it, how good they can be when they're good, how bad they can both be when they're bad. The reality, Buffalo, Buffalo can be that good. Okay, Buffalo has huge upside and is desperate. When I say huge upside, that means they've got a lot of talent that when it goes in the right direction, they're really tough to beat. And they're desperate. They beat and, you know, Dallas is only, I would say this, the best and only excuse for Dallas. And they don't have any others. There's no doubt about it. There is no built-in excuse Uh, Zach Martin, who's the best guard in football, got hurt late in the first half, but the damage was done. Okay? The the damage is done. So, Dak Prescott and the Dallas offense, their best excuse, their only excuse, is they're not desperate. And part of the conversation, it's going to happen today, and I, I don't know that it's wrong, but a lot of the conversation is also it's going to be ripping on Dallas, which is fine. Um, I'm saying don't panic. The other is going to be about Buffalo, and I'd also say be careful there too. Uh, but the conversation today is going to be about how scary Buffalo is as a playoff team. They have, I think, in front of them in their last three, they had the Chargers and the Patriots, which means they're going to win two. I don't even know if the Chargers have a team anymore. Did they fold? Um, And then they go to Miami to end the year. Buffalo and Dallas, though, when you look at these two teams and where they are and how good they can be at times and how horrible they can be at times, uh, because Buffalo can be awful. They can. They lost to the Jets. Uh, Dallas got Buffalo when they were in a good place, and it showed. And Dallas can do the exact same thing. Dallas can look a lot like that. They can be the best team you'll see. And then they can also be that team you saw last night that just for whatever bizarre, unacceptable reason, just flat out mails it in. I mean, they don't even get off the plane. They're both pretty too schizophrenic to write off. And then they're both too untrustworthy to put in the Super Bowl. You're on crack if you bet on either one of them. 
then again, if you want to risk some money, go right ahead. Unless Philadelphia loses to Seattle in what appears to be a game of backup quarterbacks again, I'm not sure what Dallas team you'll even see in Miami next week. I, I don't know. Right? If they're not playing for a heck of a lot, then they just seem to nap. So if the trend, of course, is followed, then Dallas gets rolled again. Um, it's not all that important. I know nobody wants to hear this. It's really not all that important. The only question is that's out there, that's even the same question you'll have now that you'll have in three weeks. The question that's out there is, in the end, do you trust this Dallas team to win two playoff road games, including one in San Francisco? That's it. Now, if they don't make it to that spot, then Jeff is going to talk about firing the coach, which is the exact same thing I've said since August. So is there any reason to trust this Dallas team to win a couple of road games, including one in San Francisco? I would say no, and I don't know any sensible person that would say yes at this time. But they're good enough. The talent is there. That's what makes it all so unacceptable. Panic, no. Unacceptable, yes. Overreaction. The Oilers throwback uniform is a marketing hit for the NFL. It's a promotional holiday season success for the NFL. Reality. Not really. I don't think so. Do you know where the Oilers uniform would do well? There's a reason why I'm asking this. Do you know where the Oilers uniform would do really well? It would do well in the city and state where they actually played. Just throwing this out there again. It seems to me like the target audience for the Oilers uniforms would be in Texas and maybe not in Tennessee. In case you were not aware, the Tennessee Titans, you know, the team in Nashville, um, for the second time this year, wore the Houston Oilers uniforms, including this past weekend when the Tennessee Titans are playing in Houston, which would make you wonder why the team in Houston doesn't wear the Houston uniforms. And I've been asking this since about October. So it's a really dumb idea. It's a shockingly stupid idea that is like for an industry like the NFL that rarely makes stupid marketing decisions. This is an unbelievably stupid marketing decision. Um, so they look they look great. The uniforms look great. They're the exact uniforms. It looks cool. I don't know anyone that sees me and they go, wow, that's cool looking. The colors are cool as always. The logo is as cool as ever. But the only thing, here's a problem with the marketing of the Oilers uniforms, other than the team in Houston should be marketing the team in Houston's uniforms. But the only team more nondescript than the Titans, right, the only team more, maybe close to the Titans and being nondescript as if they just don't matter, uh, that would be the team that should be wearing the Oilers uniforms, and that's Houston. The home of the Oilers, you know. Yeah, the team in Houston, um, that's the team from Houston, Texas, where they used to be the Oilers, not the one in, t- in Tennessee. It's one of the dumbest marketing efforts of all time, and it's such a weird move by both the Texans and the NFL. Karma. That's right. I'm going there. Karma allowed the Texans to win. The Texans 
just by karma alone, even though I think some people could argue, you know what, Houston, you deserve to lose in Houston while another team plays you in Houston uniforms. I get I get that. At the same time, karma was on their side. They couldn't lose to Houston playing in Houston. It just wouldn't be right. So, of course, the Texans beat the Oilers in Houston. That's karma. Um, the wrong team... I mean, the wrong, t- <laughs> the wrong team is wearing um, the Houston uniforms. At least the wrong team was able to win. I thought it was an impressive win for the Texans with their backup quarterback. I think it says a lot about the Texans coming off a beatdown to the Jets. They were a mess. We were talking trash. We were saying, forget them. And I know they may have killed off their playoff hopes, but if anything else could have happened, they had to beat Houston in Houston's uniforms playing at home in Houston. They had to. Overreaction. Dak Prescott blew it again. See, Jeff? See? See? He sucks. He blew it. It's all his fault. Reality. I know. It's, it's, it's where everyone goes. I mean, Josh Allen's getting praise, and the guy even said, I only threw seven passes. Well, I didn't do anything. But still, the world we live in now, the only thing people see is quarterback play. And the only thing people judge as quarterbacks is whether or not you win or lose. Then the assumption is it must have been the quarterback. Josh Allen just said, I only threw seven passes. Like, back off, everyone. I didn't do anything. So did Dak Prescott blow it again? Reality, the 31-10 beat down to Buffalo was not his fault. Partially, eh, maybe. He wasn't very good. He wasn't. Um... But he wasn't, you know, look, truthfully, you're going to say it, and I'll get you before you even say it. Right. He's not won a meaningful playoff game. That's correct. Got it. This one was not his fault. Uh, It's not his fault that his team was absolutely shoved around the field like they're backwards on ice skates. Okay, that's not on him. It's not his fault the Dallas defense gave up more than seven yards a carry. It's not his fault the Dallas defense gave up almost 300 yards rushing. That's pretty much an ass-kicking. The quarterback can't fix that. It's not his fault Zach Martin, the best guard in football, got hurt. And by the way, Dallas, if you didn't know it before, if you never realized how important great offensive linemen are, just stop and think about this. Dallas is an offensive mess without Zach Martin. It's just true. Um, And if Dallas is smart, and I know this is not what people want to hear, they'd rest him. There's no reason. It was dumb for Mike McCarthy, mumbling Mike McCarthy, to leave valuable players on that field late in the game last night. That was dumb. But I think he's kind of dumb. But Dak Prescott, it's not all his fault they got beat last night. In fact, you can go pretty far down the list, I think, before you get to Dak Prescott. Okay, he was a shell of himself, no doubt. That's not the same player you've been watching, but that's not the same team you've been watching. He looked like the rest of his team. I, I, it's unacceptable. I don't know why. I really don't know. And I don't, I don't know that they know. It doesn't matter. In the end, if Mumbling Mike doesn't get to that championship game, it should cost him his job. But I don't know why they look like this. Zach, Pres- Zach Prescott looked like everyone else. 
uh, sluggish, ill-prepared, clueless. Yeah, all true. He went from being the hottest quarterback in the game to almost looking like Zach Wilson last night, running around, getting hit all the time. Nothing looked like it worked at all. Um, He was bad, but everyone around him was even worse. That's the way to look at it. You know, if you if you want to do that thing and you're looking for all the blame, go go look for all the blame. But um, you know, blame him. You know, blame everyone else before you get to Dak Prescott. Uh, he was great on the road against Philadelphia in a close loss. He looked out of it last night. That entire team looked out of it last night. He went from being the favorite to win the MVP. I, I'd have to look at the odds right now, but I assume he's probably fourth right now on the list. I don't think, for those who want to argue, I think it's an overreaction to say he's out of it completely. I don't know that I buy that yet. Again, yet. Yet. Um, Right now, I assume he is behind Brock Purdy. He's behind Christian McCaffrey. And I also assume he's behind Lamar Jackson. He probably deserves to be fourth on that list, although I can make an argument for Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay, too. But last night, for the overreaction, you want to blame it all on Dak Prescott. The only thing you can say is it's Dak Prescott's fault. That's an overreaction. That's not reality. It's not. Everyone else was worse. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. The Jeff Ward Show podcast, or the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. <laughs> On Twitter, X, or whatever is whatever it's called this week, at Jeff Ward Show. Totally agree about Euler Unis. Growing up an Earl fan, this was t- tough to watch. Definitely clean, definitely petty. I, do, I don't get it. I, I, and I'm not just saying that now. I didn't understand this when I first read it back in in the fall. I, I Somehow, I know, I know, I, I get the legal angle to why the Titans are the Oilers. The Adams family, yes, I know. The Adams family, old Bud Adams was the one that owned them, and I, I guess they carried the trademark with them, which, again... The NFL is in control of that. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm not saying it's a huge seller either way. They're both nondescript franchises. You got a much better chance selling Houston uniforms, legendary Houston uniforms, when the Houston team is wearing them. That's all I'm saying. I just think it's a much better market. I don't know in Nashville if that means anything to the people of Nashville. I do know you're not going to sell any to Houston fans because it really sucks. <laughs> so I just don't understand. I've never understood the uh, the strategy behind that. And they're such cool uniforms. At Jeff Ward Show, how long is the NFL going to go through critical late-season games featuring big stars like Aiden O'Connor and Josh Dobbs before they make major rule changes to keep star quarterbacks healthy? That is, look, look tonight. Tonight. You might very well have Gardner Minshew. No, you're going to have, I'm sorry, Marcus Mariota versus Drew Locke. It's late in the year, man. That is not what that industry is built for. 
I, I think it's a reasonable point. It's something I've brought up a few times. I've given you my theory on how to make the game safer. That is widen the field. Uh, the owners won't do it. I've also offered up the solution that is the roster sizes need to increase. The players and owners, neither of which will do it. You can't say, you know, it is true. We, we, you don't want to, gamblers and fantasy players and fans alike do not want to see Aiden O'Connor v. some dude named Mullins. I don't even know who some of these dudes are at this point. I really don't. Um, but you do not, you know what you don't want to see? You don't want to see Drew Locke v. Marcus Mariota in a meaningful game. Okay? That's tonight. And that is, you know what the NFL doesn't want to see? It is want you to see Marcus Mariota and Drew Locke playing tonight. Agree totally how to fix it. I don't know how many more rules they can come up with to protect a quarterback. I really don't. Um, I, you know, not all of these are contact injuries. They're not. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I can go off on this whole thing about Aaron Rodgers. I, I do agree with him on this. I think he's a nut job, an egomaniac and a nut job a lot of the time. But when he went on a few rants about turf, I do agree with him on that. But I think the players are going to lose that one, too. Um, this is hurting the NFL where it matters most, and that is ratings. It hurts them. The question is the billion-dollar question, and they will look into it, is how do you fix it so late in the year in a meaningful game you don't have Drew Locke v. Marcus Mariota? How many people even knew he still played? <laughs> right? They're just going to snap it to him. He's going to run around in. Marcus Mariota might have 30 carries tonight. <laughs> 